Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. Well, hello and welcome. I'm excited to introduce today a great friend, a longstanding friend, and a very successful businessman who has great experience and great success in running multiple brands, building multiple businesses throughout multiple countries, actually, and also giving back. And we're going to talk a little bit about his generous endowment to next gen franchising and some of the other business ventures he's involved in today. Please welcome David McKinnon. David, thanks for joining me. Greg, thank you for having me. My pleasure to be here. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you again. You know, it's funny. I uh, I really mostly knew you as the Molly Maid guy. I hate to say that, but that's kind of how I knew you. And now that I'm really studying your background and preparing for for our time together, I, I myself I'm a, find myself overwhelmed at the number of businesses that you built uh, really under, uh, you know, under the brand service brands international, but also the number of businesses you own today. So let's jump right into it, David. Tell us just a little bit about your growing up years and your educational years and your early career background that got you into business and then business ownership. Great, thank you. Well, uh, I uh, grew up in the Caribbean. My parents were missionaries, so I had an idyllic upbringing. We lived on the island of Tortola and just had this great upbringing. And then uh, we moved, my parents uh, ended that session and ended up moving back to Toronto, Canada. And when I was 17 years old, uh, I met a, a guy and he asked me what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And I was stunned because I thought I could give him a good answer and I didn't. He said, well, why don't we start a business together? And I said, what do you think? And he says, well, uh, they have this new thing now called a PC. And it's being sold in the United States through a chain of stores called Computerland. And um, so I drove to Detroit that weekend, and they were selling for about $5,000 a computer and learned that there was a 30% duty on bringing a computer across the border back into Canada. But if you took the hard drive out, which was about a five-minute job, uh, it wasn't a computer anymore. Okay. And uh, long story short, uh, when I was 18, 19, well, just maybe to finish the, the economics. So what was costing us $5,000 in Detroit, we were selling for $15,000, $17,000 in Toronto. And uh, for a young kid uh, with no experience or no money or anything at 19 years old, I found myself with a quarter of a million dollars to spend and uh, uh, decided to buy a, a Service Master franchise. Um, and I did go to college. I got an accounting and finance degree on the side. But uh, in that Service Master franchise, we were one of the first ones to get to a million dollars a year. And we were in the commercial carpet cleaning business. And uh, another guy asked me another question. He says, what are you going to do with uh, all your business acumen? And you're not just going to do this, are you? And I started thinking some more. And well, what could it be? And uh, I met a lady named Adrian Stringer. 
and she was the founder of a little company in Toronto called Molly Made. And make a long story short, uh, a year or so later, I ended up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, with the rights uh, purchasing the Molly Made system. And uh, it had its ups and downs, but let's just say it ended up extremely well. And in the 1990s, we were kind of, I won't say sold out, but it was getting harder and harder to sell franchises. We had a lot of dots on the map. And we started thinking about, well, what, what other services could we offer uh, other than maid service? And um, we started thinking, well, why don't we become a multi-branded franchise company? We know franchising. We've been pretty successful at it with Molly Maid. And, and long story short, we ended up with Mr. Handyman, 1-800-DRY-CLEAN, ProTech Painters, Puro Clean. Uh, ended up with nine brands under the service brands umbrella and um, had a tremendous run in the 90s and the 2000. And then uh, in 2015, uh, we had uh, the proverbial offer we couldn't refuse. And uh, uh, we sold the company in June of 2015 with uh, all of its subsidiaries. And uh, I became a uh, unemployed person at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably still under unemployed, but probably one and of I'm, the busiest. I'm unemployable for sure. <laughs> well, we both are, David. That's right. But you're probably one of the busiest guys I know. All right. So that, that being said, how many total franchises did you have within this umbrella company of franchises? Uh, almost 2,000. And we're in eight countries. Which of the brands, David, did you buy? And which of the brands did you start from scratch? Well, none of them, none of the brands other, we started Molly Made from scratch, but other, other than that, the other brands were in existence, but they were not a franchise brand. It was a single standalone Got company. It. In the case of Mr. Handyman out of Massachusetts and painting company was out of Atlanta. And so we purchased the, the, the rights to an existing system. And then we started to franchise it from there. So when you were saying about Molly Maids, you said there was a lot of ups and downs, but it ended up okay. Tell our folks a little bit about some of the ups, some of the downs. Well, the, the big, one of the first early big ups was uh, November 11th, uh, 1986. We were trying to sell franchises. It was before the internet. Um, there was these things called franchise shows, which I know you know about with a guy named Don Palladino. Yep, but yep. Uh, we, we, we hired a PR firm. I didn't even know what PR was back then, but public relations firm. Right, right. And uh, lo, lo and behold, she got us a front page story in the USA Today on the money section. And the, the headline of the story was something like how to make $100,000 a year in a house cleaning franchise. It had a picture of the Molly made car um, in the front section of the paper. And I'm going to guess we sold 50 franchises just because of that one article. And that really launched the company uh, on a trajectory We uh, from there. However, one of the downsides, um, uh, we got into a major lawsuit with a lawyer that rounded up some franchisees and started saber rattling and uh, really cost us uh, a couple, three years. And uh, uh, I actually ended up resigning my position 
uh, and we had sold some of our stock to a, a company, a big conglomerate that you would know, and uh, they just couldn't deal with it. And so they went to bankruptcy to bankrupt the company. And I stepped back in, took it over, got, got all of our shares back. And we uh, kind of reconfigured ourselves. We put in some high-end software for our franchise owners and it allowed our average franchisee to go from about $300,000 a year to a million five a year. And it really changed, it really changed everything for us. The, um, malcontent group that was creating some of these problems with lawyers, did they all go away? They went away. Uh, we, they all wanted back in after a while. Uh, sure. And, and we said no, which was a really hard thing to say at yeah. the time, but, uh, we won every single case against them and, uh, proved our agreements, uh, worth, worthwhile. And the good news is from that date forward, we, you know, 26 years, we never had another piece of litigation. You know, David, I'm sure you'd agree with me. Troublemakers are troublemakers. And no matter what they might say to want to get back in, why would you ever open up the door to people that were trouble at one point in time? So good for, good for you. That's, for, that's exactly right. Good for you for holding the line. So that's really curious to me to go from $300,000 average unit volume to one and a half million. What possibly could the software be doing, could have done at the time? Scheduling. Uh, ah. computerized scheduling, uh, automate automatic notices to employees, to customers, um, automatic service records for service times for vehicles, things like that. It, it really, it took it from a, from a paper and a pencil uh, business to fully automated. That was expensive. I'm sure even back then technology was way was. more expensive back then, but uh, I'm sure you proved it to be well worth the investment. It was. Absolutely. So was Molly Maids the largest of the franchise franchise organizations was, underneath the umbrella? It was. We were almost half a billion dollars when we sold the company just in the Molly Maid brand. Just what, was num- what was number two in the uh, uh, of the franchises that were part of your umbrella? Mr. Handyman. Really? Mr. Handyman. Yeah. We had about 300 locations. Um, it was becoming... You know, we were only in it for maybe six years at that time. We were becoming uh, the household brand for home repair and small jobs. And uh, yeah, Mr. Handyman did very, very well. Yeah. Let's go back to that PR thing. I think, I think we went over that a little quickly. And I think there's just no, there's no accounting for great PR when it does some business shifting stuff like like what you were talking about. How did you find the right PR firm and how were they able to garner that kind of recognition for you? Um, it, the, the PR firm we found was the one that almost every franchise used okay. back then called SNS of yep. Chicago. Yep. And yep. Uh, they, they had um, a very good staff and we happened to get a good account manager that was very creative and uh, we were pretty diligent because we had no, you know, we didn't have a lot of money back then. So spending four grand a month for a PR agency was a, a, a pretty big investment. Uh, but, you know, you're always hoping for the the one big head, uh, the Today Show or the right. front page of the USA Today money section. And we were fortunate enough to hit the, yeah. hit the jackpot. I think what some people don't know is that, uh, and I, don't, I, I never worked with SNS, although I heard a lot of great things about them, but 
I think a lot of people don't really understand that sometimes when uh, publications are looking for a story, they go to those PR firms that they know are going to have a story. And then that, right. uh, that, that firm is going to, they might've gone to SNS and said, give us a great story in the world of franchising or whatever that makes good money or whatever. And, and from their asking, you end up on a front cover and get 50 franchises and a lot of great momentum. That's, it. That's probably exactly what happened right there. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would think for all of those entrepreneurs that are listening, finding a great PR firm, the sooner the better, even if you might think you can't quite afford it, uh, finding a way to afford it, I think, David, you'd agree, is a great way to get going and growing. Yeah, it's one of the many arsenals you need to have uh, working on your side. You know, today, everything's so different with social media and the internet, but you still need PR, no doubt about it. Absolutely, because they have the relationships with the media that when they're looking for the story, you want to be in the right place at the right time with a great story. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, recently I have a son that got into a business and... um, and he, he and I advised him, listen, you got to go find a trade association and you got to you can't be on your own all alone. I said the, probably the number one thing that ever got me to where I am is being a part of trade associations and networking with all kinds of other people and getting great professional training and great networking advice. So tell me how you got involved with the International Franchise Association and and what your advice would be about getting involved in trade associations? Uh, a great segue, Greg. Uh, in fact, uh, when people ask me, they point back, say, what was the one thing you did that made, made your company work so well? And it's easy. I joined the International Franchise Association yeah. and I met four other guys that had all different business. One was photo, one was called decorating bin, yeah. uh, moto photo. Another one was uh, FCI out of um, uh, Deck the Walls was their big brand. Oh, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And we and the the um, Great American Bread Company out of uh, Montana, and we all formed a informal board. And every six months, we met at one of the members' business, and we would spend two days critiquing their business and telling them what we thought they could do better. And then they would do the same when they came to my business. And we would have a monthly phone call. And it was basically, you know, um, uh, a free existing version of something like Vistage or one of those. It was very informal. But I tell you, it transformed our company. And uh, that's that's really when my eyes were opened to the fact that the skill set that we had was franchising. It wasn't made service. And that's when I went, wait a second, Right. if we could just find other profitable businesses, we can apply the franchise expertise we have to this right, right, right. And, and, the, and the marketing. And that, that proved to be a pretty powerful combination, getting us ultimately to nine brands and multiple thousands franchisees um, that, uh, you know, leveraged the experience we already had. And it's one of the things I would tell your audience when they're looking to grow, um, don't go grow in an area you don't know anything about. Try to take what you've, the expertise, the contacts, the 
the synergies you've got around you and look at what other businesses might plug into that, that you could just apply the same techniques, the same, you know, you know, the, the, one of the things I looked at was the, the marketing department could be the same for Molly Maida and for Mr. Handyman. The accounting department could be the same. The legal department could be the same. So you, you, you could get a, a lot of synergies uh, yeah. with very little more increased overhead by adding brands, in our case, our case, brands onto our businesses. But in, in, in the end, as I look back, you know, we were able to just leverage that franchise experience and even apply the, the, the same PR from Molly made to Mr. Handyman. Yeah. I think there's a lot of wise advice there, David. I, you know, entrepreneurs like you and me can get bored eventually, right? And, and uh, want to get a new playground. But the, the, the key really is, how can you leverage, you use that word wisely, how can you leverage what you already know to find a new playground, but leverage your experience expertise in a new playground uh, rather than doing something completely new? Uh, I've heard the saying many times, uh, make money in your own business and lose it in other people's businesses. Yeah, that's good advice. So now, not only I'm sure, and I know that you took a lot away from your time and membership in International Franchise Association. I know you also gave a lot to the International Franchise Association. And by the way, congratulations. I know the International Franchise Association named you to their Hall of Fame. And uh, I know they really, I know they appreciate all of your contributions back to the world of franchising. And one of those contributions was making a significant investment in an endowment in next gen franchising. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I, uh, the year, uh, so I sold in 2015. So the, the IFA meeting in February in Las Vegas, 2016, uh, there was this new idea, Doc Cohen had this session called Next Gen and Franchising. And the whole idea was they were trying to figure out how to involve younger people in the IFA, younger businesses, and how they could stimulate um, uh, excitement in, young, in the youth about franchising. And so uh, long story short, they had, they had invited 20 uh, young entrepreneurs entrepreneurs from all over the world who had submitted an application and they somehow ran through a qualification process. They had a, a session that I snuck in on and it was kind of like a, a speed dating section where uh, for five minutes, the person would tell their story and then we'd make uh, recommendations back to the person. In, in the case of the table I sat down, there's a guy from Nigeria and a gal from the Philippines and they were telling us what they were doing. And you know, I had just gotten out of franchising mm -hmm. and I got so stimulated by this whole thing. And I, I immediately saw a way to take this and make it into something that could be pretty significant. And so Doc Cohen said, tell me your idea. How much money do you want to put in? And I told him, he goes, it's your baby. Go run with it. So uh, up until COVID, um, we ran an international global competition uh, 3,000 um, applicants last for the last one we ran, uh, 20 winners, bring them to the IFA convention. Then we've had a, a, a work off during the first two days where we would narrow it down to three of the 20 and the three of the 20 were finalists, very much like Shark Tank, the final day, go in front of 5,000 people. 
we'd have special judges. I actually had Damon judges a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. and okay. um, they pitched they pitched pitched to the audience, and then the audience votes on their on their phones which idea they think is worthy of uh, the winner. And it's been a tremendous. Uh, I've got all these friends now all over the world. I get texts from people at four in the morning telling me what they're what the news milestones they've hit in their business, and it's just been uh, it's been one of the most joyful things I've done in my life. There's no doubt, uh, David. I. You know, you and I were both young once, and setting our hearts and minds on achieving a certain level of success surely was a great journey and a big passion. But once you achieve it, right, helping others, which is why I do Million Dollar Monday, which is why I'm appreciative of you coming on here, just helping other people achieve some level of success is I don't know. I, uh, of course, I, I, I know you enjoy your success. I enjoy my success, but I think. I think sometimes I might enjoy helping others easily as much as I've enjoyed achieving my own level of success. Absolutely. I I get more out of uh, helping other people achieve their dreams now. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, wonderful that I'm able to do so. Well, David, I, I, I truly am impressed with what I've known you to accomplish and what I've learned in preparing for our time together that you've accomplished. And, And so my final question for you is now that you've achieved such a great level of success in your life and in business, what big dreams do you have left for the rest of your life? So uh, interestingly, I've come full circle. I've become a franchisee again. Really? And I, I am a franchisee for Sola Salons, which is a, a business where we're basically the landlord to beauty professionals. And uh, my goal was to involve my children in this business, which I've been extremely successful at. I have two children on each coast, Florida and California. And um, we have five stores open and are in the process of opening three more. And um, it's uh, it's a franchise business. It's it's headquartered in Denver, Colorado. And uh, again, we... uh, open anywhere between 5,000 and 8,000 square feet, chop it up into 66 square feet of a lockable door, most temperature controlled. So a person can go from working in a a studio with 12 other people in a row and the music's the same and the temperature's the same and every, you learn the the drama of everyone else's life around you and people want to just be their own boss, shut their own door, have their own clients. And for $350, $400 a week, they can rent their own space, be their own boss. We help them with marketing and online um, man- management tools for scheduling their customers and all that stuff. But it's, a, it's, a, it's been a great business for us. And it's been uh, a real thrill for me to watch my children grow yes. in the business world and in franchising. David, it's been a real honor for me to spend some more time with you, reconnect with you. It's been too many years. And... Uh... I'm proud of you, proud of your success, and proud to call you friend. Thanks for your time, David. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. All the best to you and you.